Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we have hot deals for every budget. Buy three and you get the fourth tyre absolutely free on Bridgestone, Yokohama, Goodyear and J-Tracks. And up to $150 instant cashback on Continental, Pirelli, Dunlop and the legendary Bob Jane All-Rounder. Plus check out our hot deals on Beef Goodrich All-Terrain Co. 2s from only $249, all with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Tastes apply. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag. This is a suspended uh, race. Hey, this is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels here. My name is Grant Rowley, and I'm going to kick off today's show with a very important and special guest. Now, he's important because he is the new Australian Formula Ford champion. His name is Valentino Astuti from... The Sonic Motor Racing Services, Valentino, congratulations. You've joined a very illustrious list of names to uh, hold a Formula Ford title. Yeah, hi, Grant. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is amazing. Like, the feelings finally kicked in. Um, it's great to join, like, the amazing list of, you know, Formula Ford champions over the years and just so happy to have won it. Awesome, mate. Uh, and a nice way to end the season as well. You were in the fight the whole year, uh, you wrapped it up at the end of race two and in that last race of the season where you uh, didn't have to have too much stress, you you went out there and won the race. That must have been a good feeling. Yeah, the first uh, two races were all about just uh, sealing the deal with the championship with no risk. And then the final race was just about uh, having fun and me driving the car and I just went out and won the race. Very good. Hey, there's been a lot going on in the world of motorsport over uh, the last couple of weeks, we've got a huge end to the season as well. It's got, we've got race meetings coming out of any hole in our body. But uh, there was also the the supercars up on the Gold Coast, an awesome weekend up there at Surface Paradise. That's where I was. I guess in some ways that you might have also said, oh, you wish you were up there to uh, get some uh, sun on, the, on your body. But um, a difficult one, the reason I bring that up is that the Sonic guys were trying to get uh, Aaron Love and the rest of their Carrera Cup guys right up the front of the field, uh, trying to get Aaron Love the title, which he just missed out on. So the Formula Ford team, your Formula Ford team, which ran on the same weekend down at Sydney Motorsport Park, um, I guess kind of had to split the team in some ways. Was there any frustrations with that? Uh, no, it all ran really smooth. We had um, Maria and some of the Sonic boys, you know, Scotty and... We had um, Tom as the engineer uh, running the Formula Fords. I had Dad working on my car, which was really good. Yeah. And then Michael was, um, you know, running the show as he normally does with the Porsches, the main game ones. And, yeah, just run everything ran super smooth like it always does. You know, Sonic's a really good team. They just know what they're doing all the time. They're really good, like, with structure and organization. And, you know, just everything runs really good. Um we were supporting the Gold Coast uh, while we were doing our race meeting down at Sydney, um, you know, just hoping the boys would come out on top with that too. And they got so close in the end, but, you know, it seemed like a really good effort from everyone. Cool. Yeah. Now they are a slick operation. One of the best in the game. Uh, okay. So uh, having Michael Ritter or Maria Ritter uh, run the squad, who does a better job? Oh, we, we could get we could get in a lot of strife with the answer to this. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that's a very tough one. Um, <laughs> uh, you've got to, here's, uh, here's a bit of um, public relations 101 for you. You've got to just come up with the balanced answer and no one's better, no one's worse. They're both, they're both fantastic. Yeah. Um, look, Michael and Maria, um, they're like my mum and dad away from home. So both of them at the track is um, really good. And then when you have one or the other, both just teach you in different ways. And, you know, Michael's really good with the race craft side of things and Maria's good with, you know, around the track and, you know, media type of things. And she's really helpful with that. So both really balance out, I'd say, perfectly. And they really help me out a lot. Yeah, very good. It kind of sucks that the those two race meetings uh, clashed, but that is the nature of uh, of how the sport runs because we've just got a such a tough end of the year. It's like race meeting after race meeting all the way up until the start of December. I can't wait for mid-December. That is going to be a time uh, to just uh, chill a little bit or at least not have to live out of a suitcase. Um, okay, mate. So tell us, you've just joined a a pretty awesome list of Australian Formula Ford uh, champions, you know, and the, uh, the the names date right back to the likes of Larry Perkins. Of course, we've had Thomas Mazira. I'm running all this off the top of my head, so I'm going to miss a few key yep. ones, but Russell <laughs> Ingall, Mark Larkham, in the sort of more modern times, um, or actually modern times, it was like 20 years ago, Jamie Winkup <laughs> won the title 20 years ago, Will Davison the year before that, uh, you know, current guys who we're, we're still seeing in there, David Reynolds, Nick Perkett, uh, Jack LeBrock, Anton De Pasquale. It's a, uh, it's a pretty formidable uh, list that you've joined there. What's, what's the next steps for you? Um. Well, yeah, like, it's amazing to be a part and you can see the amount of effort and time and hard work goes into winning the formula Ford championship. There is a lot of components that you do have to piece together yourself during the year. Um, that all goes in towards the end goal of that year. And that's winning that title. Um, but yeah, um, thinking of these um, next years, firstly, I've got to find um, some budget, get some sponsors on the car. And then hopefully move into either the Porsche um, Michelin Sprint Challenge yep. or um, something in Super 3 or something like that. I'm not really sure at the moment. Yeah, cool. And look, I guess both of those are, are very, very sensible options. They're, uh, they're seen as uh, you know two of our uh, premier stepping stone classes that uh, I guess can kind of run at a reasonable budget. You, yeah, you're right. You're going to have to go out there and find some stickers to stick on the side of it. But um, yeah, terrific that um, that they will be the uh, next steps for you. And and that both of those classes can take you in wildly different career paths. The the Porsche stuff, you can stay here in Australia and you can you know progress through that uh, Porsche pyramid that they've got, uh, and then even take it uh, overseas with with Porsche or sports car style racing, or you can stick with super three uh, and become a, a legend in your own backyard in, in supercars. What, what um, forget the budget. Let's put, uh, let's put budget aside. We talk about money and motorsport all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's what makes it go around where, which, which of those two, uh, if the cash wasn't a factor, which is uh, the, the preferred path for you? Um, well, 
for me, it's racing's all about just I do it because I absolutely love it. Um, it's my passion, and since I've started, it's just you know, every second that I'm in a car or in a go kart, I just love it. So, whatever kind of door and pathway that racing leads me, um, I'm open to it. You know, hopping in a car and just driving it as fast as I can, as smart as I can, and you know, getting that winning result and you know, putting smiles on people's faces and especially on mine is you know just what I love doing. So. Yeah, just whatever can work out. Yeah, cool, mate. Well, we'll be certainly uh, looking on and uh, and being excited about uh, what the future does hold. We we don't tend to see too many Australian Formula Four champions slip into the ether, slip into the big dark hole of uh, of of uh, potential future champions. They uh, they tend to go on and do some things. Now, now one thing I should bring up is that you entered the round in second place. You were 11 points behind Jimmy Physic from the CHE racing team, and he elected not to compete uh, doing some testing for uh, a British Formula 4 team ahead of uh, an, an international career trying to uh, break into the uh, into the world over there, which is uh, awesome for him. What mm-hmm. was the, when you found out that he wasn't competing uh, and you had a, a handy but not insurmountable margin over uh particularly third and fourth place in the in the title but the, the title was by no means yours with um with the fact that jimmy wasn't there so when you first heard that news what was the feeling uh so it was a bit of a shock at first um hearing that he wasn't going to be at the final round um you know we go through all year and then coming down to the last round you know you really prepare yourself mentally mentally and physically you know, for that one final battle for the championship. And then, you know, it kind of uh, twingles away as, you know, he didn't um, end up coming. So, you know, still had to go into there that weekend thinking that there was a job to be done and fully focused on the weekend. And then, yeah, just did everything, I guess, to the best of my ability and came out on top. Perfect, mate. Very good. Very good. Um, okay. Team celebrations afterwards. What was uh, Sunday night like? Oh, Sunday night was um, it was actually pretty chill. It was everyone, you know, kind of catching a plane um, back to Melbourne. And, yeah, just the feeling slowly, slowly sinking in more and more. And, you know, Dad got a little bit emotional at home. And, yeah, it was it was really good, really humble feeling um, once it all settled in. Perfect. Of course, uh, your father is Sam Astuti, who... Uh, I, when I first joined the game, he was running his own formula three team now. Uh, but before that in, um, the eighties, he was uh, open wheel racer in his own right. And a very good one at that. Uh, and, uh, and like your, uh, your brother as well, Antonio has, uh, we've seen him in, uh, through carts and S 5,000, uh, in, in recent years that, a Studi legacy is is continuing on, which uh, just must have made him so very proud. Yeah, you know he's. We've always been as a, a racing family uh, at heart. Um, Dad's father overseas in Italy used to race um, in hill climbs and all that. So Dad obviously grew up with all that racing um, in his heart over in Italy. Um, then he's carried it on here in his Formula Holden days. Um, yeah, and then, you know, he's, I guess I've grown up always at the track um, being 
the middle child, well, first the youngest child and then being the middle child later as Alonso came along. But, you know, watching Antonio race and just, you know, learn off of him and, you know, listen to dad over the years, you know, it's always just been racing. So, yeah, kind of naturally just got me all the way into it. Very good. And I like how your parents have uh, picked very racing names for all of the children as well. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was mum's idea, actually, with, <laughs> with the names. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she made that very clear that that was her choice. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, okay, so um, what about your uh, what about your brothers? We've seen Antonio in the car. How long until we see Alonzo um, fighting for some of the family's uh, share of attention on the racetrack? Um, okay, so bit of a shocker with this one. Alonzo actually isn't really into racing. <laughs> so does he, does he um, realize he's named after a two-time world champion? Yes, he actually he realizes that. Um <laughs> I he was um he's ten years old now, but at six years old, um we bought him the go-kart, you know, his little suit, uh he got the helmet, went out in Todd Road, he actually enjoyed the day. Um, but then the next day he's waking up and he's gone to dad first thing in the morning and I'll never forget this. And he goes, dad, he goes, I've fully retired from racing. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) look, he did not bad on the first day, but I guess, look, it's not for everyone and that's totally fine. Um, he's interested in a lot of other things. He's very interested in space at the moment. So, you know, there's a lot of other pathways that I think he'll go down, but that's perfectly fine. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Well, your uh, your dad was probably sighing a big relief when when he did hear that retirement. He might have been disappointed for about 15 seconds and gone, <laughs> well, that's going to save me a lot of cash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, cool, man. Okay, uh, so, mate, we're looking forward to, uh, we're looking forward to seeing what your... Uh, next steps are in the in the future. I need to just touch on uh, one last thing, and I know we're, it's kind of been a bit of a, a Team Sonic appreciation fest at the moment, but that's their 12th national Formula Ford title that that team has secured. And there's, uh, we I talked about Formula Ford winners just before, uh, and, uh, you know, there's a couple of names that I left off there from uh, the Sonic ranks, including uh, Cameron Waters, uh, just in the last couple of years, Leanne Ferrier, Angela Mazuris are on that list as well. Uh, what, what is the difference? What is the difference between um, Sonic and the rest? Oh, I mean, well, you know, I've only ever been since go-karts. Um, then I just went straight into Formula Fords, my first test day with Michael uh, at Winton. In, and, you know, just I guess the way that they run um, – the team, you know, it's just very professional. They've always got a really good sense and an idea what's going on. Obviously, from winning all of those um, previous championships, the car setup, you know, comes along pretty good. And, you know, you've always got to have some knowledge in yourself to know what's going on with the car um, and to fine tune it to like your liking. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. it in a way, it's credit to them because it, it makes a driver's job a, li- a bit easier uh, over the weekend. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just very, it's a very good thing to have good people around you all the time on a race weekend, even, you know, not on a race weekend at the workshop. Um, 
just yeah very good company and easy to concentrate on your job when it's time to do it very good very good cool uh, lovely uh lovely and exceptionally talented uh team and of course led by uh the chief mick and maria uh calling the shots and uh they deserve all that success as do you uh and mate we wish you uh all the very best can't wait to see uh what the next steps in your uh career may be uh and we'll certainly be following it closely regardless of what it is the valentino astuti the new formula ford champion congratulations and thanks for joining us on parked up all good thank you and thanks for having me and we thank Valentino Astuti for his time on the Parked Up podcast. Great to have another Australian Formula Ford champion in the books. Now we've got a heap more chats to come to wrap up what has been a pretty busy period and what we're leading into an even busier period. Uh, but next up, we've got Harry Jones. He just wrapped up the Carrera Cup title in a pretty close run thing on the streets of Surface Paradise. I grabbed him for a chat to see what it feels like to be the new Carrera Cup champion. Hey, it's cool to have Harry Jones on the Parked Up podcast. Harry, congratulations, 2022 Carrera Cup Australia champion. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, pretty cool to hear you say that, mate. It's uh, been an awesome year. So, yeah, absolutely stoked. Man, uh, awesome year, uh, but a close run thing in the end. Aaron Love was on fire. He was on fire for... Uh, Anytime, I guess, we saw him on track, um, but uh, you did enough. And uh, I guess you, uh, no one is going to take anything away from you, especially with the pressure you must have been feeling in that last race. Yeah, for sure. Aaron, Aaron's had a great season as well. And honestly, it's been fantastic. The rivalry that the two of us have had over the past four years um, since we both joined Sprint Challenge together in 2019. So he made me uh, go down every avenue to improve my own driving this year. Um, and honestly, I've become a better driver because of it. But yeah, to to come away at the end of the Gold Coast with the the championship win um, under immense pressures, yeah, it's fantastic. And and honestly, we did everything we needed to at the Gold Coast. Um, we didn't need to take massive risk and and sort of you know end up putting in the fence or or God knows what. So yeah, to come away with the the win, I'm absolutely over the moon. Yeah, I guess uh, it's probably the riskiest track out of any track that we go to to uh, sure. to host a final. So. That uh, must have, yeah. I, I feel the I feel the pressure when it comes to um, making sure I don't forget to put the bins out on yeah, yeah. a Tuesday <laughs> night. Let alone trying to wrap up a title like that. Can you? I don't know. Can you put it into words about what you know the, those feelings leading into that last race where you knew you had a target, you knew you had to be eighth or better, regardless of where yeah. Aaron finished. S sweat coming out of all of the places. Tell us about it. Yeah, I think my mum was probably more nervous than me, to be honest. It was uh, it was definitely a bit of pressure on my shoulders. But at the end of the day, like we've had a good year so far. So there's nothing really we had to change for that last race. We just had to go out there and have some fun um, and just enjoy it. Because honestly, like if, if you don't really enjoy those sort of moments, there's there's no point in doing the sport. And if you sort of turn that pressure feeling into something that is productive and, and makes you drive better, um, then you end up, you know, having the best outcome anyway. So it was, it was a, a bit of a sleepless night the night before. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like we've been in this position, position before, and we we know how to deliver when the day when, when we require on the day. So uh, I'm absolutely over the moon. Yeah, perfect, mate. Congratulations. Uh, okay, cool. So you've joined a 
a pretty good, pretty illustrious list of uh, Carrera Cup Australia champions. There's some guys who have gone on to do some pretty amazing things locally and internationally. What's the next step for yourself? So our, our goal since we started on the Porsche Pyramid back in 2019 is to be able to, to climb it as high as we possibly can and to now have the Carrera Cup win under our under our belt as well as the, the Porsche Sprint Challenge win. Um, our next goal for us is to, to get over to Europe and race in the Porsche Super Cup. So we're off to the shootout in a few weeks' time um, to hopefully follow in the footsteps of Matt Campbell and Jackson uh, and, and win that Porsche scholarship to race in Super Cup next year. Um, but even if we sort of don't succeed in that, we're still hoping to get on that grid next year. Yeah, cool. That's a uh, an, an awesome target and uh, certainly makes the watching of um, those races prior to Formula One uh, events a little bit more palatable when we've got yeah, someone sure. to cheer, cheer on uh, <laughs> from a local front. Uh, what does the next couple of weeks look like for you in preparation for that? Um, we're, we're actually just about to hop on a plane to Bahrain. I'm literally driving to the airport as we speak. So we're getting over there to do a little bit of testing um, in the Porsche Sprint Challenge Middle East Championship. Yep. Um, and basically that's just a way for us to get a bit more experience in these cars with a different team and hopefully set us up well to get to that shootout um, and deliver, you know, and, and really give it to everyone that, that's on that shootout. There, I think there's only 11 pros from around the world. So we're going to have a, a hands full with the competition, but yeah, just looking to prepare as best I can and uh, deliver as, as best I can as well. Yeah, cool. So um, I'd imagine that what, what's the relationship you have with uh, Aaron Love? Yeah, it's good, mate. Like we've uh, we've had some close battles on track. We've had our fair share of moments, you know, good and bad. Um, so yeah, he, he's a good guy. I have a lot of respect for him and and his ability on on track um, and off the track. We get on quite well too. So yeah, cool. it's all all very good. The the reason I asked is that he has a little bit of experience in those cars. So did you lean on him for some uh, hints and tips at any time over the Gold Coast <laughs> weekend? Look, I, I would have loved to, but I think he probably would have told me the complete opposite of what's actually true, just to, <laughs> to get me to go even slower. But no, I, I think um, I think now, look, we'll, we'll sort of finish the year. So, yeah, if there's anything you know he can do to help me, I, I'd definitely love to ask. Yeah, cool. Um, what and so uh, just uh, I'm sure you would have done some simulator work or something in the uh, in the lead up for this. Uh, have you done some simulator simulator work? Uh, how how in depth has your preparations been for um, uh, for the shootout? Yeah, funny story. That similar simulators actually gave me a brand new simulator just a few weeks ago. So ever since I got that sim, I've just been doing hours upon hours on the sim, even just in preparation for Bathurst. So yeah, I've done heaps of hours on the on the sim for, for the shootout. Um, so yeah, hopefully it all sort of pays off. Uh, very good. Very good. Uh, cool. So uh, the Porsche Pyramid, you must look at guys like Matt Campbell, uh, Jackson Evans and think, yep, that is definitely the avenue that... Uh, that I, that I want to go. There's uh, nothing wrong with, uh, you know, remaining a, uh, a local Australian hero and competing in you know, the likes of supercars or whatever, but, uh, yeah. you know, at your age, you've obviously made that choice. This, if I'm going to make it uh, in the international world, this is the time to go. Exactly right. Yeah. To see, to see Matt Campbell this year sign that factory deal with Porsche in the, to raise the hypercar that 963 next year. Um, that's that's my goal. Like ever since that car was released, that's been by my desktop screensaver on my computer. So to one day race for, for Porsche um, as a factory driver, um, yeah, needless to say, I'm gonna do anything and everything I can to to make that dream reality. 
Cool, mate. Mate, we wish you uh, we wish you all the best. We definitely want you on that um, on the Super Cup grid because yeah, we need uh, we need someone to cheer on uh, prior to those uh, prior to the F one races. So yeah, no. mate, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up, and again, congratulations on winning the Career Cup much. Australia title. I appreciate it, Grant. Thanks for having me. And we thank Harry Jones for joining us on the Parked Up podcast. Looking forward to see where his future goes. Looking forward to seeing where Valentino Astuti's future goes. Uh, We've got a lot of promising talent uh, coming up through the Australian motorsport ranks. Now, two more chats to come. The next is with my very good close personal friend, Mark Tierney, a great supporter of Parked Up through his amazing race fuels business. He has been... uh, just a uh, just a legend for parked up he always listens he tells me he always listens but i know he'll listen to this one because he is coming up right now hey and it's great to welcome mark tierney from Racefields back to the parked up podcast I haven't heard from him in a little while i thought it was a good time to touch base with our uh, presenting partner mark tierney how are you Grant, thanks for having me. It's good to be back on the pod. It has been busy for Mark Tierney and Race Shields, but hey, um, good to hear from you. It's uh, it's just busy everywhere. And the reason why I uh, did think of uh, of speaking to you is when I think about a busy end to a year or a busy period in the Australian motorsport world, I've seen how you guys go about your business and I have no idea how you do it, even even though uh, some casual fans might think, well, there's only one supercars race to go or or uh, more involved fans might go, well, there's the Bathurst International and then there's uh, Adelaide race uh, for supercars coming up and then that's the end of the year. But there's like six race meetings jammed in between now and Adelaide. Actually, there might even be more. I'm sure you can tell me. There's, there's at least six premium blue level um, events that are coming up and each track has something big happening. Even Winton has uh, the TO2 final and the Winton 300. Uh, Phillip Island's got Island Magic, which will be huge this year. And um, it's got a big field of uh, Porsche Sprint Challenge cars and a big field of improved production. We head obviously back to the streets of Adelaide after coming off the streets of the Gold Coast. So uh, logistically, Racers is pretty busy coordinating those two street circuits. But in between that, Bathurst International, then the Challenge Bathurst. Now, most of your listeners might not know about Challenge Bathurst, but there's 400 enthusiasts bringing their cars to the mountain and having a crack under racetrack conditions. So that's a huge event for us with a whole lot of uh, track activity afterwards. And we will head from the Challenge Bathurst to the streets of Adelaide without coming home. So there's a, a lot to think about. Yeah, that is, uh, it's it, it's a logistical nightmare. And I know that we've spoken about logistical nightmares for you guys as well. You do it so fantastically well. But we were discussing this just off air just a, just a while, while ago. Um, why have we ended up with so many meetings? And I think the uh, so many meetings at this, this time of year, this should be where we're just yeah. chilling out, just uh, getting our bodies ready for uh, sunning them in uh, over the I, summer months. Um, I don't disagree. And there's a beach that we both need to be at at some point. But um, most of us, the, the casual listeners, probably thinking, well, you're right, there's supercars on the Gold Coast, supercars in Adelaide. That's the end of the year. But I think this year, because we've had so many COVID-interrupted seasons, that perhaps 2022 was all about, hey, let's just hold off early on and let's have a few things at the end of the year to see how we go. And truth be known, it seems like we're through the pandemic event-wise. It seems like we can get full attendance. We can get full uh, 
full race when he's underway. But that means a lot happening at the end of the season and a lot happening in the last six six weeks of the year. Yeah, we're and, in a uh, pandem- it's we're, we're in a pandemic of uh, race events at the moment. It's a joke. <laughs> events. Absolutely, um, and even the uh, a couple of double ups as well. I mean, I know that uh, Island Magic is on the same weekend as Challenge Bathurst, and uh, there's a lot of people involved in both in both of those events. But that's just the nature of it. You have to pre-plan and uh, pre-book and, and go for it. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's a busy old end, but you know, we'll just get on with it. And uh, mid-December is just going to be a glorious time of our lives. I hope so. We, we, look, we look forward to seeing a, a Bathurst 12-hour return to its traditional date and uh, hate Streets of Newcastle back um, after that and, and maybe, maybe, just maybe get, get normal. But we've gone from some quiet times to some really busy times. So, uh, hey, we'll take it and racers will be there. So one of the cool things that has happened this year, and we haven't, uh, we haven't spoken about it on the pod, but uh, the Elf 102 fuel that you have must be going gangbusters. And I, and I say that because uh, just at the start of this year with the new Carrera Cup car that came into Australia, they realized pretty quickly and they always ran on the your 98 premium fuel, uh, which you guys have. Yeah, great. Local, uh, which you local guys pump have. fuel. Great. But, yep. Local um, pump fuel was, was always the fuel of choice for Carrera Cup and has been since uh, the series inception. But they but changed the, that uh, for this. They changed that for this year, this year because the new car just required more. Yeah, we're talking about a new car with a new location for the fuel cell right in between the two axles at the front. You've got massive brake discs on a Kura Cup car. You've got a lot of heat up the front. Uh, most race cars do generate a lot of heat. It's a natural, natural part of what they do. And the new Kura Cup car, 992, is absolutely a race car. So what we found with our localised pump fuel is it was getting hot, particularly on, say, quarter tank or half tank quarter tank. Fuel was getting hot, it was vaporizing and giving the car some fuel starvation kind of readings and uh, dropping power. And the guys, um, and there's a lot of Queensland-based teams, but uh, a bit of running in hot weather early on in the, in the, uh, in the testing found that there was yeah, potentially a problem. So we solved that pretty quick with the Elf Race 102 because it's stability and it's, it's built as a racing fuel. So it's got a lower read vapor pressure, so it doesn't heat up as quickly. And testament was uh, the streets of the Gold Coast, 30 Career Cup cars. It was hotter than expected on the Gold Coast and the fuel was uh, up to spec. And we had a fabulous championship with, with a lot of cars. And I think um, Career Cup turned a lot of heads this year with such a big field consistently. Yeah, no, fantastic. And we've uh, we've just heard from Harry Jones, the champion of of that class, but really a, uh, a an amazing season for them with uh, an exceptionally strong uh, pro class, but uh, but also equally competitive pro am class as well. It's uh, it's definitely the uh, the premier support category for Australian motorsport and um, and and uh, and a destination for uh, young drivers and even some uh, yeah sort of um, other drivers who still want to continue their racing at a top level. And I'm thinking of the likes of Dale Wood, Luke, Luke Yulden. Um, David Russell, there's a, a David Wall. There's a whole bunch of uh, guys who are still premium race drivers who yeah. who get their racing fix through a an elite championship like that. So, uh, yep, we definitely love the uh, Carrera Cups and looking forward to what next year brings uh, in that world. Um, okay, cool. So, mate, uh, just on a personal note, tell me what uh, after you get through this um, pretty hectic six weeks that we're up against what uh what's christmas going to bring for you 
My daughter Ash is doing nippers at Point Leo, Point Leo Surf Club down on the uh, Monte Peninsula. Uh, so hoping to get plenty of family time and uh, maybe improve my fitness because I tell you what, 2022 has belted me pretty hard. <laughs> Coming off two years on the couch, um, we need to be fit and uh, my guys are pretty fit, but um, I need to look at that and uh, yeah, really get ready for next year because it's going to, well, let's hope 2023 normal again starting with a big Bathurst uh, 12 hour starting into the um, streets of Newcastle. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Hey, uh, we thank you so much for your support of the parked up podcast. Uh, and uh, of course, anyone out there who is racing, doesn't matter what level it is, national state, club, uh, tuning up your car in your, in your uh, local workshop um, race fuels is the, is the place to go. And if you need more details, it's racefuels.com.au. Mark Tierney, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Grant. It's a pleasure to have Racefuels part of your podcast series. And we thank Mark for his time. Uh, great to speak to him. Again, a great supporter of Parked Up, and we uh, are ever grateful for uh, his continued support. Uh, one final chat. We've done three. Let's make it the quartet. Mark Fogarty spoke with Warren Luff uh, recently for Parked Up Plus. You would have heard little snippets of that chat that he did on Monday afternoon, 5 p.m., of course. That's what Time Parked Up Plus comes out every Monday. And uh, he's got a couple of cool things to talk about um, and a couple of questions as well regarding his uh, future team that he would compete in uh, come Supercars Endurance time. Uh, but he's also been doing a bit of dirt, dirt tracking as well, uh, one of his many, many skills. So here is the full chat with Mark Fogarty and Warren Luff. Warren Luff, welcome to Parked Up. First off, uh, big congratulations to you and your co-driver, Tony Romano, um, for becoming the uh, production four-wheel drive Australian off-road champions. Um, that's certainly something different for your CV. Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's been an amazing year. We've certainly had a lot of fun and um, to, to, to go in at the start of the year and having had no experience, obviously, for myself in off-road racing or for, for sort of Walkinshaw Performance and Walkinshaw Automotive, it's obviously it's a new sphere of racing for them and to, to be able to walk away with the, the title in the first year is obviously incredibly satisfying and rewarding for all of us that's been involved. Obviously, off-road racing is very different despite all the different disciplines of racing that you've been involved in over the years. But I I guess the success, it certainly speaks to your versatility. Yeah, look, it's probably, um, it's like I I certainly went into this year not expecting it to be easy, but certainly it's probably um, an even bigger challenge than probably what I even thought it was going to be myself because, the big thing in the in the off-road racing, say like the the last round at Kalgoorlie where we just ran, so the track's 120 kilometres per lap um, and we do three laps over the course of the weekend. Um, there was 85 cars and like 160-odd bikes. So even from when you do your pace notes in the lead-up to the event to how the track changes and evolves. So even though you've got a pace note, what you don't know is how badly the next corner's rutted out since the last time you've been through there. Because again, from the last time you went through there, there's been 85 odd cars and 160 bikes. So the track changes and evolves continuously. And so for us being in the production car class, 
it's all about driving the car at a pace to preserve the car and not break it. We're not in a trophy truck or a pro buggy where those guys just kind of hammer through and go over all the rough stuff. Um, for us, it's all about just kind of run the car at a pace um, that you can get through. So it's, it's mentally very challenging, but certainly obviously very rewarding. And it's a challenge I've definitely enjoyed. And uh, yeah, as you said, it's definitely a good one to have on the CV. Having tasted success first up, are you keen to continue in off-road racing next year? Do you have a plan? Yeah, look, obviously would would love to go back and uh, and defend the defend the championship and uh, and have another crack at it. So um, yeah, look, at the moment the that sort of stuff sits obviously with uh, with the hierarchy at Walkinshaws as to as to what the plan for next year is. I think for for everyone involved, the the plan is to definitely go again, but um, obviously there's commercial realities and uh, and all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, obviously we all need to go back and talk to the partners that are involved in the program and and see what it's going to look like for next year. Um, but yeah, would love to would love to have another crack at it because it's certainly been a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, would love to would love to go and have another go at it. And your co-driver Tony Romano, um, he has sort of semi-celebrity status. What's yeah. that about? So yeah, so Tony's a um, he's a good friend of um, some of the guys at uh, Walkinshaw Performance, but uh, Tony's done a quite a few target Tasmanias back in the day. Most notable, most notable with uh, Eric Banner in the XB back in sort of the mid sort of two thousands. So um, he and he and Banner have been good mates for uh, basically since their childhood days, and. Um, yeah, so they've they've done a few targets together. Unfortunately, Tony was in the car when Eric had the Eric had the crash down there, but uh, obviously they were both able to walk away and fine. And the and the XB lives to lives to fight on. Although I think these days, I think uh, Eric just uses it to sort of go for a Sunday cruise with the kids and uh, and enjoy it. But um, but yeah, look, it's been fantastic to have Tony in the in the passenger seat this year because obviously uh, he does have a background in um, in rallying, obviously being tarmac rally. But he was really invaluable to help me understanding how pace notes work and, and how invaluable they can actually be. Um, and also he's uh, a lot more mechanically minded than me. So um, say like I, the final round at Kalgoorlie, we had a problem on the, on the final lap where uh, we lost all power. Um, so we spent about 20 minutes on the side of the road with him doing some bush mechanicing skills to getting us going again. So he was the, he was the mechanic and I was the one passing tools. And, um, yeah, so if it, if it wasn't for him, we would have been in a bit more strife that weekend. Okay, well, you're best known as one of the go-to guys among co-drivers in supercars. You have quite a remarkable record, particularly at Bathurst. Looks like there'll be two Enduros back next year. What can you tell us about your plans? I assume you're going to continue as a co-driver next year? Yeah, look, the plan for me is to is to definitely continue. Look, like most co-drivers, you sort of get through uh, you get through the sort of uh, the current enduro campaign and uh, and go through the negotiation process and and see what next year looks like. And obviously, look, Walkinshaw Andretti United um, has been home for me for the last nine years, and um, and it's it's definitely been a, a happy hunting ground over the years. So look, the uh, yeah, we're going through that process at the moment and, and sitting down, obviously with um, with Bruce and Ryan and 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 all the people involved and, and looking at as to as to what next year is going to look like. So um, yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll have some news uh, in the near future. But um, yeah, would would love to sort of go again. And I think also with the 
like you said, the second Enduro coming back next year. And hopefully it does go back to Sandown for at least one more time. Same thing, Sandown's also been a happy hunting ground for me in the past as well. Um, and look, from a, from, a, um, uh, from a traditionalist point of view and all that sort of stuff, I think Sandown was always the traditional sort of uh, lead up to Bathurst and uh, in itself has got plenty of history and all that sort of stuff. So I uh, would, would love to definitely go back to Sandown next year and do it at least one more 500 there because as everyone knows, obviously uh, Sandown's future is, is not guaranteed in the long-term future. So um, would it would be good to go back there at least one more time and, uh, and have another crack at it. Luffy, there's talk that Lee Holdsworth is looking to return to WAU um, to regain his co-driver's seat. Um, and there's obviously Fabian Coulthard still floating around. Are we looking at a, a three into two doesn't go scenario possibly? Oh, look, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I've obviously heard the, heard the stuff about Lee and um, I'm not sure obviously what his sort of discussions are um, at the moment. I'm just focusing on, uh, on my discussions and, uh, and what that looks like for the future. So look, as I said, things are, things are looking positive and I'm sure we'll have some news in the, in the not too distant future. So um, yeah, look at, at this time of year in the, in the co-driver market, it's always that sort of silly season with lots of, lots of talk and lots of rumors and all that sort of stuff. Um, but for, for me, it's just, um, yeah, as I said, go through the process of having the discussions and um, yeah, see, see where we end up. Well, of course, given your record, you'd have to be pretty confident that you'll, you'll pick up a seat somewhere next year. Yeah, as I said, it's uh, but at the moment my focus is on uh, on where I've been for the last nine years, and um, yeah, as I said, it's just uh, it's the it's the game we play, and it's the uh, it's the usual sort of uh, at this time of year, everyone's sort of going through those same motions of discussion. So um, yeah, we'll see uh, see in the coming weeks and um, have have some news hopefully. Okay, then so possibly some more off road racing, likely back as a co driver. Uh, what else are you planning next year? I mean, you're pretty busy with your racing, your driver training, your stunt driving. Goodness knows what else you do. <laughs> you know me. If there's a chance to jump in a car, I'll always uh, always have a crack. Um, yeah, look, obviously the 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 twelve hour will will we'll roll around again next year, and um, would love to obviously go back to doing the twelve hour and just ultimately just any chance I get to jump in a car and have a run and and have some fun and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm always keen to have a drive. Um, doesn't matter what it is. It's, over the years, there's probably not much that I haven't had a drive of. So it's um, I just enjoy cars and driving and having fun. So um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see what other opportunities prop up next year. Yeah, well, obviously it doesn't seem you're losing any of your touch despite the advancing years. So well, do you do you feel you've got quite a few good years left in you as a race driver? Yeah, look, I think um, for me, most importantly, the the passion and the desire to to drive and compete is still as as still as high as ever. I, um, I still I still get just as big a kick and and enjoyment out of driving a car and and competing as as I did in in the early part of my career. And and yeah, look, as as long as I still feel um, that I'm capable of doing the job, and most importantly that I that I enjoy what I do out there, I'll uh, I'll definitely uh, keep driving as long as possible because. Uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely cool to be able to jump behind the wheel of a car and uh, and do something that you love. So it's um, yeah, it's it's always been a, a massive passion of mine just for driving cars and uh, and enjoying it. Well, 
Mate, you've certainly never lacked for enthusiasm about getting behind the wheel. So that's great. Again, congratulations on your championship this year and uh, good luck for the coming uh, for 2023. And thanks for your time. Thanks, mate. Much appreciated. Thanks, Luffy. Thanks, folks, for that chat. That is all we've got for Parked Up this week. Of course, we are ever grateful to all of our partners, Race Fuels and the great Bob Jane Team Arts for their continued support. There's uh, plenty of other podcasting you can do through the Network R channels. Of course, we've got this Parked Up. We've got Parked Up Plus every Monday. You can go back and listen to some Girls on the Grid with Priya and Tanea, and you can also hear the latest Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. That is with Gaz and Daz, and they spoke to the great man, Matt Nolte. Of course, you would have heard his voice many, many times on lots and lots of commentaries over the over the years, speedway, drag racing, circuit racing. The guy has done it all. He told an awesome story with Gaz and Daz on the Grassroots Racing Podcast. It's a must listen. Just search for... Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. You'll get it. It's the most recent one. I just looked at the stats just before and it's been very popular as well. I'm thinking Noltz has shared it with his family and they've gone nuts for it. So uh, it is a uh, definitely a must listen. Anyway, that is all from this episode of Parked Up. You'll hear from Fogues on this channel on Monday. See you all later. You've just listened to another Network Car production. 